the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Tim DeMoss Show podcast. You can hear the program each weekday afternoon from 4 till 5 on AM 560 WFIL and WFIL.com. Good afternoon. You're listening to the Tim DeMoss Show, AM 560 WFIL.com and on the app. How's it going? Forecasts? Good deal of sunshine today. 72 the high, down to 44 tonight. Clouds moving in. Mixing clouds and sun for tomorrow. High 69. Flyers beat Boston 3-2 in overtime last night. Sean Couturier and Travis Konechny scoring, and then Travis Sanheim in overtime to get the win. They play against Boston again tonight at home at 7. Sixers playing Boston of the Celtic variety, 7.30 on the road. Baseball, Phils 5-3 over the Mets. They were down two zip, scored five runs in the bottom of the eighth and held on to win. They're home again tonight against the Mets at 7.05. They are the only undefeated team left in Major League Baseball at this young stage of the season, except for the Washington Nationals, who are 0-0. They haven't played any games yet because of uh, COVID-type stuff going on with their team. They do open their season at this point tomorrow. But the Phillies, 4-0 on a Zoom call with Phillies manager Joe Girardi about a half an hour, 45 minutes ago, and I asked him about uh, that, the fact that the season is 162 games long, but to win the first four is good, and does he step back from the season and, and look at it any differently? You know, when you get near the end, stuff comes into focus, and you know how many more wins you need to get into playoffs or if you're going to miss. And just uh, curious, because it is a long season, you have to pace yourself at the same time, you want to have some uh, some vision and maybe some momentum and those sorts of things. I always just manage the game that we're playing. I, I don't worry about tomorrow because I don't know what type of game we're going to get in tonight. So to worry about tomorrow doesn't make any sense to me. You got to try to win the game that you're involved in. Now, in saying that, you know, you're not going to lose your closer if you're losing seven to one. I mean, <laughs> but you manage each game to win each game and you worry about tomorrow, tomorrow. Sounds rather biblical. Matthew chapter 6 talks about that, right? Seeking first God's kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. And then uh, worry about tomorrow. You know, tomorrow, let tomorrow be tomorrow. Let's focus on today for now. Also had an interesting question for Joe. I followed that one up with. When uh, and I, I used to coach our church softball team. So it's competitive, you know, how church leagues can be. One time I was at the ballpark years ago and talked to Philly's third baseman at the time, Scott Rowland. And I said, you know, I, I coach this church softball team, and if I make a, an, an error and I get no hits, I can go home that night and feel, feel it for a few hours. You're playing in front of thousands of people. And I asked Scott Rowland, so how do you process that? Whether you have a great game or a bad game, how do you handle that? And Scott Rowland said, I stay at the ballpark 
until the game's out of my system completely, whether I do really well or really poorly. I might be here for an hour. I might be here for five hours, but I wait until it's out of my system. Then I leave and move on. Otherwise, the games can really blur together, and that's how some, especially some bad streaks can happen. You start carrying the weight of yesterday with you into the next days. Ask Joe Girardi about that, uh, that mindset as far as being a manager, whether they won a great game, exciting, or whether they blew a game, it's disappointing, whether on the win streak or losing streak or whatever the case may be. Well, I, I always try to move on to the next day knowing that the next day is important. It's the next day is the biggest game of the year, basically. I do evaluate everything that happens, and, and we, we talk as coaches, but you know, I'm usually here 45 minutes to at least more times around an hour and 15 minutes after the game. And then I then I have a drive, and by the time I get home, it's usually out of me most of the times. There are some days it's not quite out of me. But what I'll usually do to, to get it completely out of me is I'll put on a West Coast game, and I'll fall asleep. Phillies manager Joe Girardi. Speaking of uh, softball, there was, a, there was a season years ago that we had an undefeated team. It's 21-0. And uh, I was just having this conversation with a couple folks the other day. How, again, just being in a, a local church softball league, you felt the pressure of trying to win uh, all those games, especially because the other teams, once they're aware of this streak you have going, they come and they bring their best game, if at all possible. Uh, and last night, that happened in a much larger stage, college basketball, the national championship, Gonzaga entering the game at, uh, I think, 31-0, and Baylor was 27-2. and Big game. But Gonzaga could not finish the job, and they wound up losing 86-70. So it's tough. Baylor winning the uh, the National Men's College Basketball Championship, and Gonzaga, an amazing season, just one victory shy of a perfect year, which has not happened in college basketball since I was a young, a young lad, about seven or eight years old. So there you have it. Uh, this hour, want to invite you to call in. We have actually a guest coming up in a minute, and want to invite you to listen in. And then, if you want to, call in following our guest. Uh, this occurs to me every now and again when it comes to coronavirus in the past year. We don't talk about it a lot in the show. Guests will bring it up in reference to their craft, their livelihood, or or here and there. But we haven't had much of an ongoing kind of conversation, kind of on purpose. Wanted this program to be not focused on that so much. There's plenty of that talk going on in everyday life. Um, But Dr. Jennifer Ashton is going to join us. She's the chief medical correspondent for ABC News. And she has a book out called The New Normal. And it's interesting because, A, I don't like that, that name at all, The New Normal. I'm not into that personally. I'm not into uh, some other things about the whole narrative. And yet what Dr. Ashton has written in her book, there's a lot of wisdom coming from her side. So we'll get into our conversation here in a few moments. Um, and maybe that's all we'll do with it. We'll listen and, and, and have that conversation. But if you want to call in, kind of where I'm going with this is um, I'd be curious more about how this past year and change has been for you. One main thought I've been asking myself is, am I any different than I was, say, March of 2020? Am I basically the same person? Or with this long pause in many respects, is there any aspect of my life that's different? 
So that's kind of one main question. You could take it a different direction if you want, if you have just a comment or a thought. But I think it's wise to pause and reflect and ask yourself, am I just waiting for things to get back to wherever they were to the extent that that's going to happen? And um, whatever that is, you know, we don't necessarily all control that. But how have the past 12, 13 months been for you? And um, have you taken the opportunity to do some reflecting and maybe change something, anything about your life? I'd love to hear about that uh, after we have our conversation with Dr. Jennifer Ashton from ABC News. She'll be joining us in just a moment here. It's the Tim DeMoss Show. Thank you for listening in. Our number to have ready for that is 800-560-WFIL, 800-560-9345. Back in just a moment, WFIL. You're listening to a podcast of The Tim DeMoss Show, heard weekday afternoons 4 till 5 on AM 560 WFIL and at WFIL.com. Back against the wall with nowhere to go. I'm about to lose it all, but I didn't know. Where you go, where you go. WFIL.com on the app. KJ52, help from whosoever south. The song is called One Year Ago. We're giving away that album on our contest page at WFIL.com. It's an album full of faith, trust, and hope in God. I think you'll like it a lot. It's pretty chill, even if you're not a big hip-hop fan, per se. A lot of the songs are on the on the, uh, on the the relaxed side, if you will. And uh, there are songs in there called Born Day, which we've played in the program. Faith Greater Than Fear, Celebration of Life. And a bunch of others. A lot of collaborations on there, too. So check it out. Among, among the many contests that we have going on our site, WFIL.com. Click the contest tab, and you're on your way. Speaking of about a year ago, of course, the world changed quite a bit. And we're glad to bring on board Dr. Jennifer Ashton to our program. She's chief medical correspondent for uh, ABC News. The book that she has written is called The New Normal. So thank you for taking time to be with us today. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Uh, Folks may, of course, well recognize you from your work as chief medical correspondent for ABC News and Good Morning America, many other places. Before getting into your new normal book, just curious, when did the seed get planted for you to look into being in the medical field? You know, kids want to be an astronaut or a baseball player or a doctor. Did it start young for you or... Oh, gosh, yes. Um, I grew up in a totally medical family. So my dad was a cardiologist. My mom was a nurse, aunts, uncles, um, you know, my brother. We're all doctors, unfortunately, super decor and group. Um, and so I knew that I wanted to be a doctor um, pretty, pretty early, I would say. Interesting. And, of course, now life changed quite a bit starting, a, you know, March of last year. Take a minute, if you would, just on a personal level and also professionally, how things kind of took shape for you those first days and weeks and then since then, which has led to the book. Oh, wow. I mean, it was it was insane and chaotic. You know, um, I I think I, I was on the air. I did, you know, um, more than a thousand or twelve hundred interviews or segments in um, in a year which really tells you something, Um, you know, as this pandemic started, we at ABC News really um, kind of exploded our coverage with it. And as you may know, um, 
our daytime show that I'm, you know, so fortunate to be one of the three co-hosts of uh, GMA3, What You Need to Know, uh, started just over a year ago. We launched that daytime show in 48 hours at ABC News, and, um, you know, now we're the number one uh, show in that time slot in the country. And I think it just speaks to the fact that there was a massive hunger and interest in knowledge about this pandemic and how it was affecting people on so many levels. And um, so it, it became, to say all-encompassing is an understatement. I mean, it's every single day for over a year, I've um, been living, eating, breathing, sleeping, dreaming, <laughs> talking, COVID, um, and it's definitely been unlike anything I've ever experienced. Was it fairly exponential in the beginning, do you remember, or did it take a little while to simmer and then it then it shot up for you? Uh, no, it was like zero to 100. Wow, wow. <laughs> um, and, um, you know, it just was something that I remember being outside ABC News headquarters the day that we put up checkpoints at three um, U.S. airports for flights coming in from Wuhan, China. And I spoke to Dr. Anthony Fauci on the phone, and he said, um, I said, Tony, you know, I, I knew him pretty well before this started, and I said, Tony, do you think this is just optics? And he said, you know, Jen, this is the same family as SARS and MERS. We don't know a lot about it. I would take this very seriously. And from then on, it just really kind of, as well, you know what happened. So sure. um, it, it's really been the biggest story in the world that we will experience in our lifetime. Dr. Jennifer Ashton, kind enough to hang out with us for a little while. The book is called The New Normal. Um, talk about how you put it together then and, and what your hopes are for readers who pick it up. Well, my hope is that it teaches people how to think like a doctor. Um, you know, it doesn't teach you facts that tomorrow we might learn could be, you know, wrong or obsolete. Um, so it teaches people the philosophies of how we're taught to think in medical school. And that way people can process all of this new and changing information um, so that they can go on living, you know, for themselves and their families in the best way possible. And whether it's for COVID or another, you know, pandemic or, or you know, emergency that affects us all, uh, there are a lot of life lessons here um, that we've kind of lived through in the last year. So that's, that's what I hope people get from it. You know, you have early in the beginning uh, just kind of a disclaimer, like, you know, make sure you're talking to your personal doctor about these things, too. Um, and it just speaks, to, I think, the responsibility, right. right, that you, not just being a doctor in general, but also one of your stature and platform. How does that make you feel in terms of the, the, the things that, it, you know, how you frame things and how you approach the book as well as just when you speak about it? Well, you know, I think that what I've learned in the last year um, – you know, I, I guess it really crystallized for me. I, I've always known it on some level, but, you know, I love being a doctor and I love medicine and science. I love learning about it. I love talking about it. I love explaining it to people. Um, and most of all, I went into medicine because, as I said, I watched my parents, you know, help comfort and care for people when they needed it the most. And I think that's what the last year has been like, only on a national level. And so... Um, you know, it, I, I do take it very, very seriously, whether I'm talking to one patient in my office or 5 million people on ABC, um, you know, television. It's, it really, we're, this isn't talking about entertainment or finance or politics or, 
um, any of those things, this is something that literally can affect people's life, um, you know, in a life or death way. And so the stakes are high, and I have, um, I consider it to be an incredible privilege um, and responsibility to have the position that I have. You know, I'm only the third chief medical correspondent in ABC network history of more than 75 years. So I do take it very, very seriously. Mm. Yeah, I wrote down the words sobered, humbled, and excited. Like, the, you know, the, all the different possibilities, <laughs> right? That, uh, so anyhow, you know, it's interesting, too, as I read your book and as I was thinking about uh, my approach, and, and just because it's complex, because everyone has a little bit of different take, how, how super serious, how not serious, and, you know, and you as a doctor kind of have to speak through that. Um, one thing I really love about your book is something that I didn't really hear anybody, and even now, don't hear a lot of people talking about. Maybe you are hearing more. I asked early on, what does wellness look like? Because we're talking about events. This is back in the early days with a vaccine. or When will we all start to feel better about things? And I thought, well, okay. And as we're wearing masks, try to protect each other. What, what else are we doing to protect each other? Like, if I'm wearing a mask to help you, are you helping you too? Like, are you go, getting to bed early? Are you, <laughs> are you going to you know, change your diet, put the cigarette down? Yeah, in a kind way, but to say, let's not just think it's a put a mask on and that's it. right? And your book is like, great. It's all about that. All the wellness across the board. Yeah, I mean, I th- thank you for noticing that. I'm glad that you found it helpful. And I think that's really, really important because this isn't just about this respiratory pathogen, right? This is about, you know, other infectious diseases. It's about mental health and wellness. It's about consideration and responsibility for the people around us. And if it's not COVID, maybe it's heart disease, maybe it's cancer, maybe it's mental illness, um, maybe it's obesity. I think there, there are a lot of life lessons that we have learned in the last year. We need to pay attention to them, um, and we need to not let them be in, in vain. And so a lot of that has to do with the fact that, you know, you can't have, let's say, a healthy pair of lungs when you have an unhealthy mind or an unhealthy heart. Or, you know, that, that's my definition of holistic approach to medicine. It's the entire organism and our surroundings. So I think that that's a really important theme that I bring up in the book is how to think holistically about our wellness, um, not just in pandemic times, but especially in pandemic times. I really think there's a tremendous amount of wisdom in that. My dad's 93. He says it's advanced middle age. And wow. his doctor says, just keep doing what you're doing. And basically he eats well, he gets enough rest. He doesn't smoke, and, you know, he just takes care of himself. And, you know, it's like, okay, not no pills, no medications, just taking care of himself. And it's not always that easy for everyone. But I just think what, you, what you've written out here, some people could go right by it because they're looking for the, what's the word, uh, pathological solution, like put a mask on and that's it. It's like, wait a minute, there's a lot of other stuff you can be doing to, to build your immune system and, and strengthen yourself, you know? So, I love- Well, right. You know, and, and I, I use the analogy of, um, you know, People, people tend to think, well, I, I don't have a diagnosis, so I must be healthy. And I'll say, well, hold on a minute. What if, God forbid, you're in a car accident today or you're hit by a car, or you're in a bicycle accident or whatever? You know, how quickly you recover will depend a lot on what your state of health or wellness was before that accident. And so if you look at pandemic times as an accident waiting to happen, you can think of the same thing, right? I mean, it's what, what kind of position were we in mentally, physically, psychologically 
before this happened? And and if it wasn't good, how can we get in a better state now? And it's never too late. I really, really believe that. Dr. Jennifer Ashton, The New Normal, A Roadmap to Resilience in the Pandemic Era. Thank you so much for taking time. God bless you. Have a great rest of your day. Oh, thanks. Same to you. Be well. All right. Dr. Jennifer Ashton on The Tim DeMoss Show. Quick break. We'll come back in if you want. Love to hear your feedback on our conversation on some of the thoughts that Dr. Ashton shared. And I have a couple thoughts I wanted to run by. I mentioned near the beginning of the program a question over the last year year and change. Has there been any change in your life? I don't mean necessarily how your life has been affected uh, with regard to, well, now I, you know, my job is affected. Everybody's had those things, and you can share about that too. But I'm thinking more on an introspective path. Have you ha- have you asked yourself any questions? Because the world has obviously out- outwardly been very different, a lot quieter, if nothing else. You ever been out on the road? You realize traffic's a lot lighter than it's ever been before. Picked up some lately, but I found that to be in the middle of it, like kind of a challenge. Like, am I any different? Am I just waiting for this period to pass, or have there been any changes in my life as far as changes I'm? trying to bring about or ask at least ask myself some questions so whatever angle you want to take toll-free number is 800-560-WFIL 800-560-9345 i'll share more about one thought about that as it pertains to me but i'd love to hear from you too main question being has the past 13 14 months have you stepped back from it at all and asked yourself are you any different as a person in whatever direction and, and why? And maybe where to from here? Because this has obviously been a very different season than you know, we've ever, ever seen. And who knows if we'll ever see something like it again. And uh, so, have you taken advantage of it? Maybe is one way to think about it, too. It's as challenging as it has been. 800-560-9345 for that. It's Tim DeMoss Show on WFIL. Live and local. It's the Tim DeMoss Show, weekday afternoons 4 till 5 on AM 560 WFIL and at WFIL.com. Our podcast continues. AM 560 WFIL.com on the app. That's Toby Mac's latest help is on the way. Maybe midnight. I always like to mention the video for that song is fantastic. It's a song of encouragement. If you have a child who has walked away from the Lord or maybe never got on board or other very difficult circumstances that you have experienced, whether it's short term or something that's going on for a long time, I've found that song to be a wonderful song. Uh, check it out, especially with the visuals, Toby Mac knows something about struggle and sadness, lost his son about a year and a half ago, and there's some other uh, things he's gone through. He's a grizzled veteran, is how I like to put it, and yet his faith in the Lord and the way it's even represented in the video really speaks to faith that he has in the Lord and confidence in God's goodness, even when it's hard to see straight. So be encouraged to check that out again. It's called Help is on the Way maybe midnight, in parentheses, Toby Mac's latest, coming to the area a couple hours away from the greater Philadelphia area in May, about a month from now. We may have Toby on the program leading into that. In the meantime, 72 the high, 
A lot of sunshine today, beautiful day, down to 44, kind of cloudy at night. Mix of clouds and sun tomorrow, 69 the high. Flyers 3-2 over Boston last night in overtime. Sean Couturier, Travis connecting in Travis Sanheim with uh, goals. Sanheim's in overtime to get the win. They'll try it again tonight at home against Boston at 7. Sixers at the Celtics at 7.30 tonight. They have the fourth best record in all of the, the league, second best in the Eastern Conference. Brooklyn's just a half a game ahead of them. Was on a Zoom call earlier today with Shake Milton. Love that name. He's in his third year with the Sixers. And uh, the Sixers have been winning, even without their star player, Joel Embiid, their biggest star, perhaps. And uh, Shake was asked first about this new coaching staff, because it's a new staff. Doc Rivers, the head coach, are other new coaches on the staff. And if, you know, the, the team's really been doing very well. And it, just for his thoughts on those in charge. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's been great. They, they came in and you know, kind of put a whole new system in, and um, guys are really locked in and, and bought into it. And I mean, this is the kind of result of it. Everybody's been on the same page, and coach doesn't really care, you know, who you are. He's going to coach the way he coaches you, and just buckle down and lock in on it. You know, he, he's going to lead us to a success, and that's kind of understand. So, Shake Milton on head coach Doc Rivers and the staff he brought in. So there's the leadership aspect, and there's also the system, the way of getting things done. Last 10 games or so without Embiid, the Sixers have still done very, very well. I think they've had the top defense in all of the league without their best player. Is that a result of the system? Yeah, most definitely. Um, it doesn't really matter who's suiting up in that jersey as long as we're moving as one when it comes to like defensive schemes and being locked into the details on that end. You know, we can be pretty good. Good system can go a long way. When I painted for my house, uh, my painted houses, I should say, with my brother, who's been a painter for many, many years, he used to say, Tim, come up with a system and then beat it. So he would encourage us, for example, when we're painting windows, say a six over six, it's easy to start getting lost. And oh, I painted that. I painted that one. Over oh, oh, wait, I forgot one over here. And uh, an hour and a half later, you still haven't finished. So he taught us, number one, small crew that we had, get a system, get a focus, get a, pl- get a plan together, work it out. Once you get it down and you get good at it, think of a way to improve on it. So as organized as you are and as organized or disorganized, whatever it may be, start somewhere, work at it, and then be encouraged to keep improving it. can always improve. It goes for all of us, I would say. Uh, just want to shift back for a second. Dr. Jennifer Ashton, a chief medical correspondent for ABC News, joined us earlier in the hour. And she has a new book out called The New Normal. We were talking about coronavirus and her experiences with it. And um, I found her to be a very fascinating interview, you know, person to talk to. In one way, she's, I would say, traditional straight-ahead medicine. I'm on the opposite end. I, I, I let that leak out every now and again on the show. I'm not big on the whole thirteen past 13 months. I believe it's serious and it matters and you need to respect it and all of that never would. And and if someone feels much more strongly, I would not put someone down for feeling super careful. But I also think personally it has just for whatever reasons went way, 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 way bigger than it needed to be. That's just my personal view. Um, That's interesting. So, so that's just a small thing, but in her book, more, Importantly for the moment here, Dr. Ashton, something she wrote, her chapters 
are basically one word. First chapter is body. Second chapter is called mind. Third is called healthcare. Fourth is food. Fifth is exercise. Then sleep, health fears, medical news, family and friends, public places, silver linings. So it's an 11-chapter book, The New Normal, A Roadmap to Resilience in the Pandemic Era. This is Dr. Jennifer Ashton, Chief Medical Correspondent for ABC News. So she, she was on with us for about 10 minutes a little earlier this hour. We'll have the podcast up for you later on. You can listen to it. What I found, the common ground with her on about this is the way she's thinking, as she put it, holistically. She's saying not just now with COVID, but after, for days and years to come to take care of yourself in many ways so that when, let's say you were getting in a car accident, she said, it was a great point. Your chances to recover from an accident will be much greater if you have taken care of yourself than if you have not been. The most common thing I think that comes to mind with coronavirus is the mask wearing, having to wear a mask, the inconvenience of it, or what's the big deal? It shouldn't matter and all that. And the thing that resonated with her book with me is, I'll wear a mask. I don't mind that. I don't like it. It's hard for me to breathe. I actually have asthma, and sometimes it's an issue for me. But I get it, and I'm not going to lose friends over it and all of that. It still takes some navigating to, to, you know, especially in a public forum. If you're on Facebook, that's like, to me, the last place you want to talk about stuff sometimes because you're going to get people mad, either side of things. But the bigger question for me, which I asked Dr. Ashton about, and she laughed in an understandingly way, is what does wellness look like? So I'm just sharing a couple quick thoughts on this, but I came, I grew up in a household where we washed our hands a lot. And uh, if I went to the store, I took the edge of my shirt and I would open the door that way rather than just grab it. And I've taught my kids for years. You don't know who just put their hand on that. They could just sneeze in their hand and grab the door. So not in a worried way, but just a very practical way. You're going to go to, you know, a convenience store, hundreds of people come and go all day long. So use the edge of your shirt. doesn't take any time. So things like that. I, I come from that mindset. So I get the idea of being careful or do the hand sanitizer and all that stuff. That's fine. Um, and maybe part of the narrative here, part of the story is that the world needs more, more caution in general about how they handle things. I don't know. God's at work. Bigger than all that is God's at work. And he's never not at work. So I don't have to understand it all. Uh, I sit back and I think about it. I just mull it over, chew on it in my mind. And I guess I've come to the conclusion after over a year that, you know, along the way, God's really at work. And I don't need to understand how it is every every diff- different way. But I know I'm supposed to still love him and love my neighbor. So with his wisdom, I want to understand what's going on and love my neighbor day by day and just kind of see how it goes. Um, for me personally, and this is what I was offering our phone lines to ask you to call in if you have a thought on this, how your life is different. When this all started, I was very cautious, especially because I have a daughter who's disabled. So for the first six to eight weeks, we did things like take our groceries out of the bags and wash them down in the driveway, you know, and get home from the radio station and get a shower. Like After a while, after a couple months, I started getting the feeling like, you know what? I think I'm going a little too far with this, and I'm just going to have to decide to not worry. And one day, I specifically came in. I didn't take my shoes off every day. Other day, I took my shoes off, sprayed them down, and I felt like this compulsive behavior forming, like, I better better do my shoes. I better do my shoes. And so I remember walking in one day. My wife said, aren't you going to do your shoes? I said, not anymore. 
starting now. I'm not doing that anymore. I'm not going to. I think it's unnecessary fear. So I had gotten to a point personally after a couple of months that that's, I, I didn't, I, here's the thing. I think respecting, whether it's coronavirus or some other thing, is very important. But I also don't think it's more noble to default to, well, just in case. Because then your whole life becomes overly fearful. So there's a, there's a line there. And again, each person's going to have to decide what that is for them. And as we all work on that in a group of community, we're supposed to love each other through it. So I encourage each other to do that. that. And so those are, those are just some thoughts I've had. And I ask myself, um, am I any different? So having said all that, as I've watched the world get quieter, it was actually quite quite eerie for a while. Walk the neighborhood, there's no one out. You know, I could say six, eight months ago, it was, it was kind of weird. I started asking myself, well, are you any different, Tim? Or are you just kind of waiting for this to be over? And I think for me personally, one thing God has been asking me to do is to, to realize, hey, you live a pretty high-intensity life. You don't have a lot of margin in your life. You really don't. And uh, if ever things would maybe settle some, it would be now as the world's pace has, has gone down some and the roads are open and it's less congested. And frankly, I still struggle with it. I have not changed that area. I'd love for there to be change in my life, especially because this 13-month pause, the, like the opportunity to work from home, we're, we're almost encouraged to do that and, or have been as we, our company has navigated that. I did that a little bit, but I kind of wanted to come to work anyway and keep stuff normal, if you will, and not not have my life skewed by staying home for weeks and weeks and weeks. I have friends who have done that, and they kind of went crazy in their minds, like, this is nuts. But I, So, again, that's each person's decision. But as I wrestled with it, I thought, now I'm going to go to work and just keep things as normal as I can in that regard. But I found myself still very, very driven. And so I say all this to say, me personally, by God's grace, I want to use this pause, this big pause in a way that the world has undergone the last year and change to ask myself, what can I do differently so that I have some breathing room so I could love my wife and my family better, love my neighbor better. So anyway, that's a lot of different thoughts, but if you uh, in the remaining time want to give a quick call, just maybe how you're different, this, or if not, that's fine. But if you want to give a thought on how you're different or maybe something you'd like to see different that maybe has to do with character or your, or your day to day, That'd be great. Maybe just exercise. Chance to get out and walk. 800-560-WFILs are number 800-560-9345. Listen to Tim DeMoss Show, WFIL. It's the Tim DeMoss Show podcast, available at WFIL.com. Thanks for listening. When it's time to leave. WFL.com on the app. It's Bill Joel of Newsboys. Although he's not really interested in that per se. He actually doesn't even do social media. Uh, but Better Than I Found It is the name of the song. It's from his new EP by the same name. We just got a lovely prize package in the mail from Phil. Sent it to us from Tennessee where he lives. Has a book of his called Redwoods and Whales. Even some stickers in there for fun. We're busy assembling some prize packages, and I hope in the next day or so we'll have a contest, another one to add to our contest page at WFIL.com. Phil joined us on the program uh, about a 
guess it was a week ago, week and a half ago, podcast, that, and all the other programs we've had recently, and really till the beginning, back in fall of 2018, on our homepage, WFIL.com. Help yourself to that. Wanted just to, to conclude our program with a quick thank you here. A lot of folks in Philadelphia stepped up in our partnership with Save the Children recently. James, Lisa, Marina, Daniel, and David. Also, Julie, Michael, and Cheryl. All in Philadelphia. Throw in Tom and Glenside, Mary and Warminster, James and Havertown, and Alfred and Concha Hawken. Thank you to all of those, you folks, as well as all the others who called or went to the website, WFL.com, and helped provide Plumpy Nut, which is a special food, has nutrition and medication, and can help pull a child back from the edge of starvation and set that child on a path to health and stability. We work with Save the Children for the past uh, month, five weeks or so, and have wrapped that up. There's not a, a banner on our site anymore for that. Um, but a lot of children are going to be helped because of the folks who stepped up. If you had meant to do that, there's still time to call. It's not on our website anymore, but if you want to call, it's 888-884-4836. 888-884-4836. A $60 one-time contribution helps provide enough plumping nut to save one child on the average. That's the number. So if you want to help out again, you still can. 888-884-4836. Thanks for listening in. Have a wonderful evening. God bless you. I look forward to doing the program again tomorrow. Have a great night. Thanks for listening to the Tim DeMoss Show podcast. Feel free to tune in to the full show each weekday afternoon from 4 till 5 on AM 560 WFIL and at WFIL.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.